This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 112 of the Catholic Foodie, Po' Boys and Penance. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking Po' Boys and Penance, and you may be asking yourself, what in the world do those two things have in common? <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about on the show today, and if you're not from around here, you may also be wondering, what is a Po' Boy anyway? Well, that's what I'm here to tell you. You know, we call them po' boys down here in Louisiana, but they're also known as subs or hoagies in other places in the world. Anyway, uh, you know, po' boys as po' boys have been around for about 80 years or so. So I'm going to tell you about the history. I also want to give you my top five best po' boy places here in Louisiana and more right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. And some of that more, a matter of fact, is that uh, Sarah Reinhardt joins us again with her Mary in the Kitchen segment, and today she's going to answer the inevitable Lenten question. Wow. So I uh, can't wait for that. That's coming up. Uh, we're going to start the show, though, first by uh, thanking our sponsor, DivineOffice.org. You know, Holy Week is quickly approaching. Uh, next Sunday, a matter of fact, is Palm Sunday, and with Palm Sunday, we start to enter into the holiest week of the year, and I want to invite you to join me in prayer. At divineoffice.org, you'll find the official prayer of the church, the Liturgy of the Hours, available in various formats. You can view the full text of all the hours right there on your computer screen at divineoffice.org. Uh, you'll also find an audio version that is beautifully produced, and you can listen right there online if you like, or you can download the audio files as a podcast and listen to them on uh, at your, you know, at your leisure, either on your computer or on an MP3 player like an iPod. Finally, if you have an iPhone or an iPad, DivineOffice.org does have an app that makes it super easy to join together in prayer with fellow Christians around the world. And that's really the whole point, right? It's prayer, and it's joining together in prayer. So at DivineOffice.org, you'll find ultimately a living community of prayer. Please do join me this week, Holy Week, at divineoffice.org. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. It's so perky. I love that. Hi, Jeff. This is Lisa from of Sound Mind and Spirit, and I wanted to share with you um, what my husband decided to do for Lent after listening to your latest podcast about Lent. He, my husband, decided to give up meat. He became a vegetarian for the 40 days of Lent. And I think at the beginning, he thought his sacrifice would be difficult, but, you know, manageable. Well, wow, has he been surprised. He has had a really, really tough time with it. He is really craving all of those wonderful dishes that he cannot eat right now. But I'm very, very proud because he hasn't, he hasn't given in and he's done a great job with it. So here is my question for you. I want to make sure that I um, surprise and reward my husband on Easter with a wonderful meat-filled dish. Um, but I'm not sure what to do. 
traditionally we have ham for Lent, I mean for Easter, and uh, I don't. I just don't think that's gonna cut it this year. I think he needs, um, some, you know, something else, something really special. Um, just my way of of letting him know how proud I am um, for following through so far. Um, so, any suggestions? Right, right now, I'm I'm leaning towards a big old plate of bacon, you know, because he would love that. But that's that, that, not seriously. Um, so, really, anything you or any of your listeners have a suggestion, I would love, love, love it. So, I hope everything is going well, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Thank you so much, Lisa. Wow, that, I mean, I'm just blown away by that. First of all, I have to tell you. Whenever I first heard this, I could not stop thinking about that bumper that I use sometimes. You know, he don't eat no meat. It's a quote from um, my big fat Greek wedding, because the the guy that uh, that the 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 Greek woman in the movie is marrying is a vegetarian. It's just kind of unheard of, and you know, from that Greek kind of background. Anyway, uh, wow, you know, absolutely wow. I mean, first of all, bacon. We are big bacon fans down here. Um, and my household, that's, you know, what, what Char, I'm mean, not Char, um, Grace wanted bacon for her birthday, and so she got bacon. But goodness, you know, we think when you talk about Easter and really Holy Week, Easter, all that whole time, you know, we love lamb. And uh, we, we, I prepare lamb every year uh, on Holy Thursday as part of the Last Supper, you know, our little celebration there before we go over to church for the seven o'clock uh, uh, liturgy, we have dinner together, and it's roasted lamb so uh, or grilled lamb. It's really, really good stuff. So if you are, and if your husband likes lamb, I would recommend a rack of lamb. You talk about good stuff. That's that's delicious, divine. And uh, we often will have lamb on uh, on Easter too. Uh, as I said, we, we like lamb. <laughs> you know, another option, another thing I, that, that kind of thought, uh, that, that kind of popped in my mind was uh, prime rib. I mean, you talk about steak. I mean, a good, good piece of meat right there, a prime rib. Absolutely. So uh, matter of fact, if you uh, are interested in that, let me know and I can send you a recipe or two if you need one. I do have some of those in my own little repertoire over here. Uh, But wow, that is just amazing. (laughs) I'm proud of him and kind of scared of him now. (laughs) That's incredible. So uh, that's it, though. We're just a few days away, basically. We're about into uh, about into Holy Week. Can't believe uh, Lent has flown by this year. Uh, it's just been crazy, and it's all happening so late in the year. Uh, it's it's very a very different uh, very different thing. Anyway, thank you so much, Lisa, for calling in. I really appreciate that. Love getting voice feedback, and if you would like to leave a message, I'd like to leave voice feedback for The Catholic Foodie, you can always give me a call at 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or you can uh, just send me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I have a few shout-outs I want to give. First of all, I wanted to, to you know, uh, just a one, one last thing there about Lisa. Lisa is one of the duo, the blogging sisters, right? The duo there uh, with her sister Shelly. They blog over at Of Sound, Mind, and Spirit, which you're going to find at soundmindandspirit.blogspot.com. Great, great blog. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, if you haven't visited them, please go do visit them and, uh, and tell them I said hi. 
<laughs> I've got a couple of shout-outs, too. I want to give a shout-out to Diana Kennedy. Diana Kennedy, uh, you can find her at catholicmothersonline.com, but she also has her own blog. Uh, she contributes there, but she has her own blog. It's, it's the Kennedy Adventures at thekennedyadventures.com. And it's kind of, you know, just it's her family and, and all the, the, the things that they're involved with. Uh, she's just got a lot of good stuff going on. The KennedyAdventures.com. I'm pulling that up right now because I saw something uh, just the other day that I thought, wow, this is so cool. She does this thing called Saints and Scripture Sundays. And uh, let me read right here what she says about that. Because my Catholic faith is a vital part of who I am and who I aspire to become. Saints and Scripture Sundays is my way to learn more about my faith by sharing with others. Each Sunday, I will share a favorite scripture, a favorite sa- or featured saint, along with the occasional snippet of explanations of our Catholic traditions, rituals, ceremonies, holidays, and more. I use the Catholic Women's Devotional Bible, which includes daily devotionals and meditations, using the New Revised Standard Version. This is by far the most enjoyable Bible I have ever owned. Uh, Want to join in and pray along, write about your favorite scripture, or talk about your favorite saint, and then link up. Don't forget to grab the button and place it on your post, too. So you, that's something you may want to do. Uh, Saints and Scripture Sundays, you're going to find that at thekennedyadventures.com. And right there in the navigation bar, she's got a button for uh, for that particular page, Saints and Scripture Sundays. So shout out to Diana uh, for that, and also the great work that she does over at um, catholicmothersonline.com. Uh, just the other day, or maybe last week now, I'm going to try to pull this up as I'm talking. Um, she had a post on here, Catholic Mothers Online, where she talked about her favorite podcasts. And I was so blown away because the Catholic Foodie was actually listed among her favorite podcasts. I was like, whoa, go ahead. That's great. Awesome. So I'm very, very happy to have made her list, to have made the cut, and I highly recommend uh, that you check out what she's doing over there. So a little shout-out here for CatholicMothersOnline.com and the Kennedy Adventures. Thank you, Diana. I really appreciate that. Got another shout-out for Craig Poirier. Craig Poirier uh, is a Facebook friend. He's over there also. He joins me in, in conversation over the, at the Catholic Foodie page on Facebook, which is at Facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. And Craig just, uh, actually, it was a couple weeks back, he submitted a couple of recipes for CatholicFoodie.com, and I just posted those today. I can't believe I, I, I let those go for a couple of weeks. I, I didn't even realize that they were there. I, I need to, um, I need to maybe check that inbox a little more often. <laughs> but anyway, I, I want to give a shout out to Craig. Thank you so much for those recipes. You're going to find a recipe very appropriate now for today, especially. Uh, a recipe for po'boy bread, or for the, the loaf, the, the roll, the bread that you use for po'boys. Got a recipe for that. And also a recipe for meatless chili, which is still very appropriate for another week or so, right, for uh, for Easter. So thank you again, Craig. That's Craig Poirier. Thank you so much for, uh, for being a friend and for posting your recipes over at catholicfoodie.com. And if you would like to post a recipe, if you've got something that you really enjoy and you want to share, you can always do that. Just go to catholicfoodie.com, and right there in the navigation bar, there's a, a link. You can just click right on there. It says Submit Recipe, and uh, that goes to a special inbox that I need to check more regularly, <laughs> and I can go ahead and put your um, uh, put your recipe up there 
at catholicfoodie.com so everybody can enjoy it. Isn't that great? So thanks again, Craig. I appreciate that. And I got a final shout-out, just a final shout-out here to uh, to my good friends Lisa Hendy and Father Seraphim Bishoner. Uh, you know, just this past week, I was up. I had the pleasure of being up in Steubenville, Ohio, the Franciscan University, uh, and I attended school there for a couple of years, but that's going back about 20 years now. I'm I'm getting old, <laughs> but I hadn't been on campus in forever, and they had the, the Media and Faith Conference uh, up there, and and I was invited. I'm very honored. To, I was invited to go and to, to speak, to present there alongside of, uh, of Lisa Hendy. So I had a chance to visit with Lisa, and we got a, a chance to see each other again. It was really awesome to, uh, to spend time with her. And then, of course, Father Seraphim Bashoner, you know Father Seraphim, Catholic Under the Hood. You're talking Catholic Under the Hood, the podcast. They're part of the SQPN uh, network. Just fantastic. And Father Seraphim, you know, I've, I've had a chance to meet him uh, three or four times over the last couple of years. Uh, wonderful, wonderful man, wonderful priest. And uh, it was just such a pleasure to spend time with him. And what, what happened, I was able to spend a few extra days. The, the uh, conference itself went on Friday and Saturday, but I, I, I got there on a Thursday and I didn't leave till Monday morning. And I was so blown away because Father, uh, Father Seraphim actually went to the airport to pick me up on Thursday and he brought me back on Monday. So <laughs> thank you so much, Father Seraphim. That was, there's so many special moments from that conference, from that time. Uh, spending time with Father Seraphim, spending time with Lisa. Uh, I met uh, several other people, new people that I didn't know before. Uh, a few of them, I mean, there's just, there's, a, there's so many, but just a few that kind of stand out right now as I'm speaking. Uh, Russell Shaw and Dr. Eugene Gann and also Terry Mattingly. Uh, I'm going to put links. They all have websites. I'm going to put links in the show notes at catholicfoodie.com if you want to check that out. It was just such a pleasure to meet them. But one of the highlights, you know, for me, one of the highlights was uh, on Saturday, because of the way the schedule was, we, uh, Lisa and I, our presentation happened in the morning, I think 8.30 in the morning. And the way that the schedule was that day, we really would not have been able to make Mass on Saturday morning. Uh, but since uh, Father Seraphim is a priest, he recommended on Friday night, he said, hey, y'all want to just get up early and we'll have Mass together before we go over to the, uh, to the conference. I was like, whoa, that's great, you know. So we ended up having Mass Saturday morning in this very, very small, very intimate chapel. I mean, they only had like two seats, you know, uh, and then the altar. So it was very, it was, a, it was just, a, it was beautiful, very Franciscan, all right? Because these, these are the Franciscans, these are the, the third order regular Franciscans, the TORs, and a gorgeous, gorgeous friary up there. And that's where the, the chapel was in the friary. And uh, we, we celebrated Mass. It was me and, and, uh, and Lisa and Father Seraphim. And like, what? that was just so beautiful. It was just so beautiful, such a treat. So, uh, so many blessings, and I just want to thank Father Seraphim for his hospitality, for all the, the TORs up there, the Franciscans there, the Friar, their, their, their hospitality, for the folks that put on the conference, uh, the Media and Faith Conference. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I know that every, all the talks, everything was recorded. And my understanding is, I believe that they're going to put that on, into a podcast feed, but I, I don't know when that's going to be yet. But when I hear about it, when I find out about that, I will let you know. Many excellent, excellent presentations 
uh, that that uh, weekend. Fantastic stuff. Good stuff dealing with media and faith. So very important today in this new evangelization, and I highly recommend that. So uh, that's enough for my shout-outs, I think, for today. <laughs> and we're going to move on and talk about one of my favorite topics, actually, po' boys. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of the can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Po boys, po boys! Oh my goodness, can you believe it? Uh, <laughs> if you like the Catholic Foodie on Facebook over at Facebook.com/slash/CatholicFoodie, then you know that I was in Steubenville, right? As I just mentioned a few minutes ago, you know I was in Steubenville, and when we got home, I was being kind of silly <laughs> because I was treated very, very well when I was up there. At, uh, at the Franciscan University, and uh, the, just the hospitality was so wonderful. And, uh, you know, I, I made a joke with uh, Char, with my wife, because whenever, well, we had this kind of ongoing joke, I guess, about never really wanting to move away, not living away from where we live right now in Louisiana, because the food is so good. We can't, you know, you can't find food like this anywhere else, okay? <laughs> I know that you have pockets of culture here and there all over the place, but there's just something about the South Louisiana that just can't be replicated. It, you just, there is, you can't find it anywhere else. This, this culture is so unique and it's so rich and this is where we're from and we just love it, you know, so we never, we don't want to be anywhere else. So anyway, I kind of made a joke. We, we, I flew in, the, uh, John and the kids came and picked me up at the airport on uh, Monday morning and I guess it was, you know, probably 11-ish, somewhere around there when I came in. And uh, goodness, and I, I just praise God and thank God right now that it was an unadventurous flight. Everything, everything was great, uh, my travel to and from. But, you know, it was funny when, uh, when, when I landed and I got out of the plane. I'm, I'm trying to walk out of the airport, and I, know, I knew Char was on her way. And uh, she called, and she goes, hey, what happened? What went on? What was going on? Like, what are you talking about? She said, there's a, there's a plane, like, on the runway where like where it's not supposed to be and there are fire engines around it and 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 the the media is here with video camera you know the cameras and stuff like what what are you talking about i had i, I had heard nothing about it and of course you know we uh, as we left the airport driving down the street we got to this one part where you can see the runway and sure enough it was a plane that uh it was it was partially off the runway it, it was as if what had happened is it came in to, to land, and uh, it, it had a hard time, and it ran off the runway, and it was in the grass. So you can see the nose was pointing down. It was kind of in a, in a, at an angle it just shouldn't be, and that's because the wheels were literally buried in the grass, you know, buried in the, in the, in the soil. So um, we turned the radio on, and sure enough, there was a flight. It was not, thankfully, it wasn't mine, and thankfully, no one else got hurt, but there was a flight that took off from New Orleans. It was, uh, I can't remember where it was going to, but they had to return and do a, a, an emergency landing. And uh, don't know any more about that, but praise God that everybody was safe and no one got hurt. That was, 
that was really kind of an adventure, but uh, it was after I had already touched down. So I was like, oh, goodness gracious. Okay, thank thank God. <laughs> so anyway, Charles says, well, you know, it's, it's almost lunchtime. What do you want to do, you know? So I said, well, hey, why don't we go get something like traditionally New Orleans, traditionally Louisiana? So I said, what about a po' boy? Let's go get a po' boy. You know, we all love po' boys. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, she had heard this place before. She'd been there years ago down in the Lakeview area of New Orleans. Now, Lakeview, if you, um, you may be familiar with that area of New Orleans, it was one of the worst hit areas from Hurricane Katrina, right? When Katrina came and, and, the, and the levee broke and uh, all that flooding took place, Lakeview was that area, okay? Lakeview was pretty much underwater. And you have to keep in mind the fact that New Orleans is literally under sea level anyway, and it's really only protected by those levees. So when the levees broke, it broke on that side of town, and uh, Lakeview was just underwater. Terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And it's, I know it's taken a long time. I mean, that you still, when you drive around Lakeview, you still see buildings and houses that are not, well, they're still vacant, and they're, they're not repaired yet. You know, it just it's, it takes a long time, I guess, for these things to happen. Anyway, she, she knew this restaurant, so we had decided to go down there and, and do this. And I was making a joke out of it that, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm really back home. i got to go, you know, order a po' boy somewhere. So <laughs> this place is called Causes, K-O-Z, apostrophe S, Causes uh, Po' Boys. And uh, Harrison Avenue right there in the thick of Lakeview, just like two blocks down from St. Dominic Catholic Church. Okay, it's right there. Uh, kind of just a hole-in-the-wall place, you know, the, 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 the kind I like the most. I love holes in the wall. They're just wonderful. So you walk in, you got, you know, this, this mom-and-pop place, and ladies standing there wanting to take your order. And uh, so we're looking, we're trying to decide, and what was really neat about causes that you don't have this everywhere is you can order the whole loaf. So I'm looking up at the Shrimp Po' Boys and you, the menu. Matter of fact, I've got pictures over on Facebook and also on CatholicFoodie.com. You can go check out the picture of the menu that's written in, in, in colored chalk up on the big board um, behind the counter. Just really cool. And, and the, some of the unique items they have available there on the menu. <laughs> but they did have the, uh, they, they've got the Shrimp Po' Boys, of course. That's my favorite. My absolute favorite Po' Boy is Shrimp Po' Boy. they got the fried Shrimp Po' Boys up there. And you can get like your 8-inch. Or you can get a 12-inch, or you can get the loaf, all right? You can get the whole loaf. And I was like, dude. And if you look at the prices, the price of the loaf is a lot cheaper than buying individual, say, 8-inch po'boys. You know what I'm saying? I was like, well, let's just get a loaf. And uh, it was kind of fun. And then she came out when, they, when it was ready, and she came out with it. It was like, holy smoke, look at that thing. I had to get the camera out and start taking pictures. It's huge. It covered the whole table from end to end, you know? And I mean, think it was like three feet long. I think, I think that's how long they are. About three feet long is a, is a loaf. And uh, they cut it for us into five, six, I think six pieces. And uh, we just went to town, man. Just took out the, the crystal hot sauce and, the, you know, some ketchup and, and just, oh, it was so good. It was so good. And uh, so we just had to giggle because I, yeah, I was like, okay, all right, I'm really home now because I've got this shrimp oh boy you know it's good stuff so a uh, lot of fun a lot of fun and you know when you talk about po boys what what is it about it what is it about a po boy what is, what is a po boy you know in different places in the country you have subs or you have hoagies or i i've heard that there's even a term grinder i've never 
I don't know a whole lot about that, but I've heard that. Some people refer to these big sandwiches as grinders or subs or submarine sandwiches or hoagies or heroes. I've heard that too, heroes. You know, whatever it may be, but we call them a po' boy. Why do we call them a po' boy? It's a good question, and we're going to get to the history of that uh, in just a minute. But I want to tell you that it's really two things make, I mean, you can make a po' boy out of just about anything, right? But it's the bread that really makes it. It's the bread that makes it. It's always, always, always on French bread. All right, that's a po' boy. Po' boy is going to be on French bread, and we'll hear more about the different types of po' boys and some of my favorite po' boy places in just a minute after. I want to play this clip for you. I've got a clip here that was from a documentary that was made a few years ago, and it, it was a, it was covering many different things in New Orleans history. But one thing that it talked about is the history of the po' boy, why they call it a po' boy, all right? Because it really stands for poor boy. But I'm going to let you listen to this first, and then I'll give you my thoughts about that in a second. One good thing resulted from the strike, however. Former streetcar conductors Benny and Clovis Martin provided free meals to all strikers who patronized their French market restaurant and coffee stand. The supplier of Martin Brothers bread was John Gendusa. They were using what they call a French bread, which was fat in the middle and pointed on the ends. It didn't make for a uniform sandwich. And they needed a piece of bread that was uniform all the way down. And my grandfather recalled seeing the loaves made that way when he was in Sicily. And he went and brought some over to the Martin Brothers and they tried the sandwich and they loved it. Gendusa simply called his nearly yard-long loaf the special. And there was an article written that Martin Brother was making sandwiches for the poor boys on strike. And when the transit workers would go to get a sandwich, they'd say, give me a poor boy, I'm on strike. And it just stuck, and that's how the name of the poor boy got to be. Eventually, even the bread itself became known as the poor boy loaf. As the Depression created many more boys who were poor, the sandwich name and special loaf soon spread throughout the city. Though the term poor boy evolved as tribute to the men who once worked the streetcars, by the 1940s, there would be women wearing the conductor's hat as well. So that's just a little clip that kind of talks about the origin of the term po' boy. And you notice a couple of things. First of all, it has to do with the streetcars. And if you've ever been down to New Orleans, I mean, that's what we have. We have a streetcar. We don't have a trolley. You know, and in California, they call them trolleys, at least in San Diego when I was there, the trolley. We have the streetcars, and uh, we also don't call it a median in the middle. It's called the neutral ground. So uh, at one point, 1922, I believe, is when uh, they, they had the strike, and uh, there's these poor boys, you know, poor boys. So over time, of course, it was uh, shortened from poor boy to po' boy, and uh, it's just the way the, I think, language happens, you know, language kind of happens that way. But uh, you talk about you talk about something that really stuck, right? I mean, it really stuck. Uh, it was a hit, and uh, the, the, this the, you you heard it mentioned that it's the bread. The bread is what makes it. And uh, matter of fact, there's only a couple of of I think it's like two or three different bakeries in New Orleans itself that still makes the traditional French bread or po' boy loaf. And uh, it, you know, there's a lot of places you got. Matter of fact, I've got a. a 
a deli right down the street from our house. It's part of a grocery store, and they sell stuff there. They call it French bread, but it's not French bread. It, it's, uh, it's not made in the same way that the bread is originally supposed to be made. And, and you know, the way that French bread is made in the brick ovens and all of that, it, it, it creates that crust, that crunchy kind of crust on the outside, but just that cotton candy soft stuff right there in the middle. You know what I mean? And that is really French bread. The stuff at the deli right down the road, I mean, it's not bad, I guess, but it's just not French bread. But that's how they sell it. They sell it as French bread. It's just not the same. So a lot of these places that are specifically sandwich shops or po'boy store, uh, po'boy shops around here, uh, they get their bread really from the same bakeries. It's, I think there's three of them. I need to double check that, but I think it's like three. And, uh, and, and so it, you have the bread. You've got to have this certain kind of bread, right? And then once you have the bread, what are you going to put in it? What kind of po'boy are you going to do? Well, well, just to give you an example, okay, because we were just at Causes the other day, I'm going to pull up their website, and uh, funny tagline here, the funny tagline, it says, I can't believe I ate the whole loaf. <laughs> I love it. Uh, here's the, they've got, this, this is um, just the specials. They, they list the specials. They have a special every day. Monday is barbecue pulled pork. Tuesday's a Cuban. Uh, Wednesday is country fried steak. Thursday, chicken parmesan. And then Friday, soft shell crab. So let me see if I can, where, where's the menu? Pull up the menu. All right. Click here. View menu. I'm trying. All right. Here we go. This is like, I mean, the, the menu is going to be rel you know, relatively the same wherever you go. Here, uh, you got roast beef, of course. And, you know, I have to say, besides the shrimp po' boy, probably the most famous kind of po' boy there is, you know, when people come, uh, tourists come to New Orleans, one of the things they want to do is they want to eat a shrimp po' boy because it's, first of all, so good. And secondly, it's so well-known. People know about that. Well, the next, I guess, most famous is a roast beef po' boy because, you know, you serve that roast beef po' boy with debris. All right, now what is debris? Debris is going to be the juice, the, the, the liquid, the, the juice from the, the aju from cooking the roast beef. But also, you know, when that, when that beef is, is cooking, it breaks off. Pieces break off into the juice. So you put that, uh, that debris on that sandwich too. You talk about some good stuff. And usually with a, with a roast beef po' boy, all you have is some mayonnaise on there. And, uh, you know, you can get it dressed now. And that's the thing. When you go to order a po' boy down here, they're going to say you want it dressed or with nothing on it. And what do they mean by that? Well, you get it dressed, you mean you get your, your, your mayonnaise and your um, uh, tomato and, and lettuce and pickle, okay? Or you get it with nothing on it. And, you know, it's, it's always up to you. you. You do whatever you want to do, you know, do it the way you like to. But uh, I always get mine dressed because I like all that stuff. So anyway, you have roast beef here. You got ham, fried ham. Smoked sausage, hot sausage, meatball, turkey, barbecue beef, barbecue ham, hamburger, cheeseburger, hot dog, french fry, chicken, and maybe I should pause and say something about the french fry po' boy. You ever heard of that? A french fry po' boy? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's famous. It's famous down here, you know, and, and it's just probably the way you're imagining it. You've got your mayonnaise on there. Of course, you, can, you get it dressed. You know, you get mayonnaise and your lettuce and tomato and pickle and all that. Uh, French fry, you, what you could do is with a French fry po' boy, just stuff with French fries, uh, you can get some of that, um, uh, the aju from the roast beef and put that gravy on there and eat it like that. Or if you like ketchup, you put some ketchup and hot sauce or something on there. But a French fry po' boy, it's, it's the cheapest po' boy you're going to find, and it really is good. 
It's a French fry po' boy, okay? <laughs> All right, for seafood po' boys, you can get your um, fried shrimp, you know. You can do grilled shrimp. They do grilled shrimp there. Fried oysters, fried catfish. Uh, you can do a, a combo. A lot of people I know do combos between uh, fried shrimp and oysters, so they get that mix, just all mixed together there. Uh, let's see what else they have. Oh, they have, oh, muffaladas. Well, we muffaladas. We're gonna have to save muffalata for another another time. That's another story altogether. Another New Orleans thing altogether different. We have to talk about that later. Uh, so that's just some of the the ones there it causes. And uh, you know, lots of places will have their own sort of specialty. Uh, lots of different uh, restaurants will have a specialty. I know that there's a couple in New Orleans and also one of my favorite places, probably my, my number one favorite po' boy establishment, which I haven't gotten to my top five yet, but is right here in Covington. And one of the po' boys they have is called the Ferdy. All right, we'll have to talk about the Ferdy, but the Ferdy is going to have roast beef and ham and turkey and, and all that together. And it's got the juice, it's got the aju, it's good stuff, the Ferdy. But you have other establishments that are just famous, first of all, famous establishments, and um, they have, I guess, kind of unique, I guess, uh, items on the menu, right? Different kind of unique, standout items on the menu. Now, here's here's the thing, and I find this to be very fascinating. Just about a month ago, the Pooh Boy was featured in the Wall Street Journal. I didn't even realize this until I started putting together my notes for the show but uh, you know, there's a there's a famous bar and and restaurant in the Irish Channel area of New Orleans, which is real close to Uptown. Okay, it's called Parasols. Now, Parasols is a uh, is an Irish pub, and St. Patrick's Day is standing room only. You can probably barely get in the door. I mean, it's just absolute madhouse down there on St. Patrick's Day every year. But they're famous for they're po'boy. They're roast beef po'boys. They have people who will who will swear that the best roast beef po'boy, roast beef po'boy in New Orleans is at Parasols. You can't get a better one. Here's the deal. I don't know all the details, but this uh, right up in the Wall Street Journal. It's kind of funny. The 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 guy, someone bought Parasols. All right, bought the place out, and the the previous owner. Opened up a new restaurant on like the next corner over. <laughs> it's bigger, more seating room, and he brought all his recipes with him. And now he's open on the corner right across the street, basically. So it's uh, they got a little war going on here of the po' boys. <laughs> Only in New Orleans, right? Only in New Orleans. So uh, lots of fun, lots of fun, and. Uh, uh, but that's one of the places, one of the another place I've never been to, but people rave about it. It's called Parkway Bakery and Tavern. I've never been there, but I hear it's really, really good. So I have to check that out. Now, I think I was trying to mention, first of all, we, we had the Parasols has the best, reportedly has the best roast beef uh, po' boy. But there's another place, and I wanna, this is what I want to tell you about, another place called Mahoney's. And it has on its menu a shrimp and fried green tomato po' boy. Now, you talk about, that sounds great. That sounds absolutely divine to me. Uh, Mahoney's shrimp and fried green tomato po' boy. Never had one? I need to go and check that out for sure. I'm telling you, for sure. But what I'll do is I'll put a link in the show notes to this particular article over at uh, 
at catholicfoodie.com. All right, so what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to share with you my top five types of po' boys, and then I'm going to tell you about my five, the top five po' boy establishments in the greater New Orleans and the Baton Rouge areas, okay? I know it's an hour away, but I'm from Baton Rouge, so I've got a few that I have to mention from, from over there, too. All right, here are my top five types of po' boys. First of all, shrimp. Love fried shrimp. Fried shrimp is number one. Catfish. Fried catfish. Number two, good stuff. It's usually a little bit cheaper than the fried shrimp, but it's really, really good. Uh, roast beef po' boy. Excellent. I also like just the old traditional kind of ham and cheese, you know? Ham and cheese is not bad. Don't mind that at all. And then oyster. Fried oyster po' boy. Now, every once in a while... I like to get like a, you know, pulled pork or, or, or barbecue beef or something like that. Every once in a while, barbecue is nice. But typically, if I'm going to get a, a barbecue po' boy, I'm going to get a barbecue po' boy at a barbecue establishment, not a barbecue po' boy at a po' boy establishment. Does that make sense? <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's kind of my top five there. Shrimp, catfish, roast beef, ham and cheese, oyster. All right. Now, top five. Po' boy establishments in the greater New Orleans area, including Baton Rouge, is this. I'm going to start with number five, all right? And then we're going to have some honor, honorable mentions, too, I think. Number five actually is, is, share, is shared by two, uh, two different uh, places, share number five slot, okay? And that's Mike Serio's. Mike Serio's is down, downtown New Orleans. Uh, it's like a sports bar place. Uh, downtown New Orleans, a lot of folks go there to eat uh, during their lunch break uh, during the week, you know, Monday through Friday. And uh, whenever I'm downtown and I've, if I've, you know, in that part of the downtown area, I'll stop in there to get a, a po' boy. Now, there, I will say this, though. Mike Serio's got some competition right down the road from him in the French Quarter itself. You've got Johnny's Po' Boys. Now, Johnny's Po' Boys, I think, was established in 1954, if I'm not mistaken, and they are probably the best known uh, po' boy establishment in that area of town um, to this day. Same family still owns it, all right? Like the the sons and all that, they they own the place now. But good. I mean, I've never been there. I've wanted to go. I've tried actually when I'm with people. Let's go to Johnny's. Let, let let's go to Johnny's. But I was outvoted. But I definitely need to make a special trip, even maybe down there. That would be fun. We got to do that. Make a special trip down. And go to Johnny's Po' Boys. I, I need to do that. Oh, man, I can't believe it. There's just too many Po' Boy places. I don't have enough time to eat all these places, you know? All right. And then uh, another one that would be number five. Sharing the number five slot is Paran's, okay? Paran, Paran is a term that we use down here for Godfather, right? Your, your Paran is your Godfather. Anyway, Paran's is a, uh, a Po' Boy establishment on Veterans Highway right in Metairie, okay? So it's outside of New Orleans proper. It's in Metairie. The Pyrans right there is not too far away from the Saint Vincent, uh, from the from the Daughters of Saint Paul bookstore. Okay, the the uh, media center that they have there. So Pyrans is a, is a good place. I've been there before. It's really good. All right, number four. Number four. We're gonna jump over to Baton Rouge for number four. This is George's under the overpass. All right, George's. That's on Perkins Road in Baton Rouge. George's restaurant, it's actually the, the, the building itself is constructed, constructed, it's under the overpass of the interstate, which is really interesting. And when you go to park, you're typically, you're parking in the shade because you're parking under the overpass. <laughs> and uh, when I was, when I was first, when I first met Char and we were both working at Drusilla Seafood in Baton Rouge, she was living in an apartment that was literally 
catty corner from George's. So I ate at George's quite a bit, and I love their shrimp po' boy. It was a lot of, it was really good, and I haven't been there in ages. They also were really good because they would, uh, they served their beer in, uh, in the fish bowl. They had the big fish bowls for their beer. Ice cold, too. It was really, really good. All right, number three, we're going to stay in Baton Rouge for number three is the Chimes. If you've ever been to LSU, around the LSU area, the Chimes right there on the corner. When you leave the gates of LSU, on the south side, I believe it's on the south side, uh, the Chimes is right there. And then right next door to the Chimes is the Varsity. The Varsity is a big venue for uh, music, for uh, for concerts and, th- and stuff. Uh, now, the Chimes, you know, I, I was, boy, I was a big-time patron of the Chimes. And so was John. A lot of people, matter of fact, when they, when they attend LSU and they get their degree, they really feel like they were, you know, more like they were matriculated at the Chimes and just happened to go to some classes at LSU because they spent so much time and money at the Chimes while they were at LSU. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a great place. And uh, still open to this day, and I've got some great news, folks. I've got some great news. I can't believe it. The Chimes is opening a location in Covington. I can't believe it. The place is almost finished. They've been building this thing for a couple of months. The signs are up now. And it's huge. But one of the big things about the Chimes is not only their po' boys, which was really, really good, and one of the things that they had that I loved, I used to get this all the time, is the grilled catfish po' boy. A grilled catfish po' boy. That was good stuff. And I haven't had one. Last time I had one, probably 15 years ago, was at the Chimes. I haven't had one since. A grilled catfish po' boy. Mm. Uh, we, we, we need to go back. Or they need to hurry up and open up the new location. So that should be open, I'm telling you, any any day, I'm thinking. But one of the things that the Chimes is really famous for is the uh, the number of beers that they have available. I can't remember how many uh between bottle and keg. I don't I don't remember, but I know that it's 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 like a tap room. It's it's huge, you know, uh, uh, a huge variety of beers from across the world. Matter of fact, the Chimes is is uh, also kind of famous for having the the around the world thing. There's this wall where they put your name on the wall, you get your little own little, you know, name tag plaque thing on the wall if you make it around the world. And and that's all about uh, how many beers you have tried within a year or something like that um, from all these different countries. So kind of neat. I don't know if they're going to do that here. I'm imagining that they would take that tradition and also bring it here to Covington. I don't know. I need to find out more about that. But I'm very excited because the Chimes is really, really good. It's a, it's a part of my past, and it's going to be, like, literally right down the road. I mean, it's right here. It's crazy. So I have to keep you posted there, maybe bring you along one day uh, with my um, flip cam or my, my iPhone or whatever and, uh, and, sh- and share the experience of the chimes with you. We'll see, see if we can make that happen. Uh, number two, number two, yeah, I'm telling you what, causes, we went there last week. It was my first time there. I'd never been there before, but I was so impressed. I have bumped causes up to number two. All right, number two, definitely causes in Lakeview. Go with the loaf, okay? The loaf is the cheapest. I'm telling you, look, I'm looking at the menu right now. With that fried shrimp, I could have spent $8 on an 8-inch, $11 on a 12-inch, or get a three-foot-long loaf, right? The whole loaf for $24. That, that $24 fed all five of us, and we brought a piece home. We brought a, like a basically an, almost an eight-inch piece, six, six to eight-inch piece home with us. So uh, crazy, great, great deal going with the whole loaf. So that's causes in Lakeview. And then finally, number one, my number one favorite 
po' boy establishment in the world <laughs> is Bears in Covington. Bears. It is uh, a dive. It's a dive. It, it's, you've got very few uh, tables there when you go in to eat. It, you smell like grease when you come out, and I'll just, it's just awesome. I love that. Uh, <laughs> you've got fried food going on in the back. But I'm telling you, those po' boys at Bears, they, they slap your mama good. You know what I'm saying? They're they so good, they make you want to slap your mama. I, good stuff. So Bears in Covington. And uh, once again, I will have this list and links to these places in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Hi, I'm Juni. And I'm Ray. And, and this is, is Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt. <laughs> Well, we've reached that point of Lent where, if you find yourself stuck in a fellow Catholic's kitchen, chances are the small talk will turn at some point to how your Lent is going. This question never fails to make me laugh, even as it makes me groan. How's my Lent going? Well, where do you want me to start? My fast seems to be going well, and maybe I've distanced myself from my attachment to a few things. My prayer seems to be going well, too. And almsgiving isn't a total loss, either. But before I give myself a gold star, I have to admit that I'm battling a sneaky suspicion that I took it a little too easy on myself this year. Yeah, but I have a new baby. Yeah, but I have a lot of other things going on. Yeah, but wait a minute. Who said I can't succeed during Lent? Maybe I should consider what exactly I'm trying to accomplish. Do I want to impress others with my ability to subsist on only bread and water during daylight hours? Do I need to stop all interaction with outside people in order to commit my days fully to hours of prayer and contemplation? Do I need to empty my bank account to support a favorite charity, or hey, even a family in Haiti? Those things would be impressive, wouldn't they? But my family would be miserable, and so would I, I suspect. Lent isn't about appearing to be perfectly devout. In fact, Devotion itself isn't about what anyone else sees. That's where Mary comes in and taps me on the shoulder. Her hands remind me, with their wrinkles and stains, that the hard work of life must still be done. Dinner has to be made. Kids have to be tended. Dishes need done. Laundry needs folded. The house needs cleaned. And that last one isn't going to get any better when I'm in charge, but I digress. Mary's smile reminds me that all of this can be fun. Yeah, that's right. In fact, as G.K. Chesterton reminds us in Orthodoxy, solemnity flows out of men naturally, but laughter is a leap. It is easy to be heavy, hard to be light. In what's left of Lent, I'm going to try to look to Mary to help me take myself less seriously. I'm going to ask her to help me leap and jump on my way to her son's arms, so that while I'm there, I can giggle 
just like my daughters do when they're in their daddy's lap. Care to join me? Wow. Sarah Reinhardt, folks. That's Sarah Reinhardt back with her Mary in the Kitchen segment. You can find more Sarah over at snoringscholar.com. And, uh, you know, she's got a new book. She's got a new book. It's not out out yet, but you can pre-order it over at Amazon, amazon.com. I will have a link in the show notes. You can pre-order that book. It's an Advent book, so not too early, not too early at all to start thinking about that. Uh, I mean, Easter's almost here, you know. And uh, as far as the message goes this week, wow. Uh, there is a reason why we all love Sarah Reinhardt. You know what I'm talking about? That was great. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate that. Snoringscholar.com. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm-hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Well, I'm so glad, too, that Sarah brought that message about being light and not being heavy. I think that's, you know, that's true. I can totally, totally understand and see how that has played out in my own life. You know, sometimes uh, it, it's a lot, it's, it's, how do you put this? Sometimes I can be hard on myself because I know that I probably deserve to be hard on myself. But at the same time, it made me, unfortunately, hard on other people, too. And that uh, was something that wasn't good for them. And it's something I shouldn't, uh, well, just a way I should not be. So anyway, I'm really very happy about Sarah's message, and i got to think about that and pray about that. Well, you know, the, the second half of today's episode was really supposed to be about penance. Po' boys and penance, and what do the two have to do with each other? Well, down here, the funny thing about that is, um, <laughs> as good as shrimp po' boys are, you know, it's still seafood. And on Friday, when you're supposed to be abstaining from meat, you can still eat it. So I was going to kind of talk about that a little bit, but also I I wanted to talk to you about Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima, the message of Fatima. I have been reading a lot about Fatima. I have been watching a lot about Fatima, and I wanted to talk about that message of penance, especially in Lent, that message of penance and that call to conversion that comes to us from Our Lady of Fatima. But we're running out of time, and so what I think I'm going to do is postpone that discussion with you until next episode, and we'll talk more about Fatima, and I'll I'll share with you the books that I'm reading and the movies and videos I've been watching, and uh, and we'll have a discussion about penance and and what what part does that play in our own lives, especially when you've had so many uh, uh, powerful requests from heaven calling us, begging us, to penance. So that is a subject, a topic for next episode. Again, if you want to leave feedback for The Catholic Foodie, you can always give me a call. I love voice feedback. Give me a call, 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. You can uh, send me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Don't forget, show notes will be over at catholicfoodie.com, and you'll find some more uh, content that you won't find at Catholic Foodie. You'll find more stuff over at facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. So join the fun. Join in with me. Uh, It is a lot of fun, of course, talking about food and faith. It's always fun. 
and uh, and I look forward to that. Now, what I've got to go do is cook a chicken, you see, to feed my family for the night, uh, which is really a change because the last three days I've been doing nothing but cooking uh, beef stock. I've been I've made I, I can't tell you how many gallons of beef stock I've made. That's probably a story for another day too. And um, but but my oven, my my stove has been on literally for I think seventy two hours, making continuous batches of beef stock and that's because we've got i got probably 30 to 40 pounds of bones uh cow bones the other day and uh, they've got to be used i've got to use them before they go bad i I free i froze what i could fit in the freezer and the rest of them they had to be cooked so (laughs) that's a beef stock uh we got a recipe we got that recipe from nourished kitchen I will put a link in the show notes to that, too. It takes about 24 hours of uh, letting that uh, that stock simmer there on, on the stove. Big old stock pot. Big old stock pot. But really, really, really good stuff. And uh, very healthy for you, too. That may be something we could talk about, too. The benefits of these homemade stocks and, and um, uh, broths. Very good stuff. So... That'll be a topic for another day. I'll maybe give you an update next episode uh, as we talk about penance. So (laughs) thank you for being here today with me here at the Catholic Foodie. And until next time, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.